This is EntreEd Talk, the podcast for entrepreneurial educators by entrepreneurial educators. We are your hosts, Toy Hirschman and Amber Ravenscroft. This podcast is created by the National Consortium for Entrepreneurship Education, or EntreEd for short. Okay, welcome everyone to EntreEd Talk. We're super excited to be here today with our first student entrepreneur, Mark Sotomayor. He is an amazing young man and working hard in an entrepreneurship role within his own company and also within his education. Um, a little background on Mark, he was a branch manager for a national sales firm for a summer between his freshman and sophomore year of college. His team consisted of 40 plus sales reps that he helped recruit, train, interview, and manage. And it was the hardest three months of his life. So we'll ask him to talk a little bit more about that experience as he introduces himself. Within his high school experiences, he led several extracurricular activities and he has created five to six mock business foundings within that setting. And he currently goes to Grove City College as a junior studying entrepreneurship right now. And we're super excited because he has actually founded his own business while in college. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. So welcome, Mark. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here talking to you, Amber. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. So I think um, I probably didn't do as quite of a good a job as introducing you. So is there anything else about your background that you want to share with our listeners about um, kind of where you are and, and what brought you here? Yeah, well, you did a pretty great job with that. Those were some of the key things that kind of got my motivation up to the point where I decided I'm going to create my own product and sell it. Uh, however, I think some of the perhaps core things that kind of made me who I am, um, a little bit of a nonconformist uh, in terms of typical uh, young adults, is uh, my parents immigrated from Peru in the late 90s, and we moved around a lot all over the U.S. My dad loved to travel, so every time um, we, we moved, we would also go venture a lot. We would go to different countries. I love traveling, and all of this has really uh, made me an observative in a person who really, uh, being to about 13 different countries, I really admire the capitalistic and consumer society in America. It's one of the easiest places to get people to buy your stuff. So I really appreciate um, the opportunity that's here. I know if I was still in Peru, like my parents were, I wouldn't have the opportunity. So that's one of the things that also... Uh, gives me uh, a lot of hope and a lot of motivation here in the States. I love that. I think that's such a great perspective that many people probably don't think about. And that's really created a lot of value for you to have that perspective. So that's, that's amazing. So I know that you're a founder of an organization and I don't want to say too much about that organization, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your current business? Yes. So we just changed our name from something called Tiamo, which means I love you in Spanish, uh, to Tree Cup. And the reason it's called Tree Cup is because we exist to plant one tree in Haiti for every one bottle consumers purchase. And that's for every bottle that a consumer purchases. Um, It originally started whenever I was sitting down on Labor Day 2017, so about like 15 months ago, a little bit over a year. And my mom, uh, she makes me all my favorite. She's a great cook. She makes me all my favorite foods when I'm back for Labor Day lunch. I was like only a couple of weeks in college, but coming back, just a visitor. And there was a picture of my grandma's organic tea. Uh, now, I had drank this tea like a lot growing up. I remember I was like addicted to like Minecraft in my middle school days. And I would 
in the summer days play like 10, 12 hours of Minecraft and just drink this tea, like caffeinated all day. It was awesome. It was pretty, I'm pretty fond of those times. But nonetheless, it, it was this day where I literally sit here, I drink like the whole picture of tea. And at the end, I'm like, mom, this tea's so good, you could sell it. To which she responded, well, you study entrepreneurship, why don't you? And then when she said that, I had a feeling come over me of, I need to do this. I had been looking um, for the past couple years since I was in entrepreneurship education with students for about two years beforehand um, in high school and such. And I've been looking for something I was passionate about. I think that was really going to be the genesis of anything I was going to do. I've realized by this point, thanks to entrepreneurship education, that you need to find something uh, that's really worth your while intrinsically and fulfilling to you as a person so that you can perpetuate it to other people and into a movement, into a company. I felt good about this. I immediately got out my journal and I started like sketching how the bottle might look like. Uh, at that time, there was a hurricane happening, Hurricane Irma, I believe. And then in my bottle, I was like, we put aside profits to like do her, to donate to Hurricane Irma. I, I knew I wanted to donate to some cause, but I didn't know what yet. So yeah, that, that was when we first started selling my grandma's organic Peruvian chai tea. And since then, we've uh, come out with a couple of different flavors and stuff. Um, and we've obviously uh, added a cause to our, to our brand as well. This is um, a little bit of a side question. I know I sent you questions in advance, but I'm curious, like what kind of business did you found it as a B Corps? Is it a nonprofit? Is it a, how's that working for you? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a partnership LLC. So um, my mom has about 20% and I have about 80%. She makes the tea while I'm at school and um, I do all the business side of things. And it's been working pretty smoothly uh, as an LLC. And you actually attended our Entre Ed Forum last year and sold your tea. And I cannot stress enough how much these educators were raving about this tea, everyone. So you need to check it out for sure. Um, So I guess you kind of already touched on this, but who was your champion throughout this process? I know you mentioned your grandma and that's kind of how it happened and your mom, but who might have been, who else might you need to include here? Right. There's been a lot of different people. Now, it's important to understand, from my belief, an entrepreneur, it's a little bit lonely because you're the only one making your path and perpetuating it. Pretty much anything that happens is because of you. However, the motivators, my motivators are the ones who perpetuate me at least a little bit. Uh, A lot, a lot. It depends at certain times, right? So I really have to thank for that. My entrepreneurship teacher, Mrs. Dunn, she's been great, really always looking for opportunities for me based on what her research. Uh, Another one, Noah Cohen, he is uh, several different alcohol brands in Pittsburgh, and he puts aside time uh, monthly to chat with me about what the next step is, who he knows to get me to the next step, and a lot of branding, marketing ideas. And another one is uh, Edward Rawson. He is the director of Haiti Friends. That's our uh, tree planting organization who we plant all our trees with in Haiti. He brought me to Haiti for four days last year. It felt like two weeks. Me and him had so much fun and learned a ton. And uh, yeah, great people, though, those three. I'm sure I'm leaving some out, but those three really have perpetuated my motivation. How did you get connected with the gentleman that was running the Haiti organization? And you're in Pittsburgh. So how, how did that happen? It's a very fascinating, slash serendipitous, but also very naive sort of uh, time. 
uh, an instance whenever that first came about. That was um, about a month after that story I told you about Labor Day and all that. I live in Evans City, Pennsylvania, and we have this festival there. It's called the uh, Living Dead Weekend because the Night of the Living Dead was filmed there. It's for Halloween. And I asked if I could be a vendor there because I had never sold my tea anywhere and I wanted to see what the demand would be maybe. And uh, I just paid like 20 bucks. I got to set up my little table there for the weekend and I was hustling this tea, a little nervous at the beginning, but I got more comfortable. Then these uh, four gentlemen, well, two gentlemen and two kids uh, come up to me and they try the tea. They're like, oh, this tastes great. Like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, this is uh, my tea business. I just started it. It's my first time selling it. I live right there. You know, <laughs> I find it. Um, and then she's like, oh, cool. I'm a professor um, over at this local college here. I'm the only entrepreneurship professor. I'm the entrepreneurship professor in residence. He's like, tell me where you're at with this. So, yeah, I give him all the spiel, like kind of business plan, like business model tech thing. I'm like, well, we just started like a month ago. This is my first. But I really want to attach a cause to it. And I've been thinking all these different things. He started telling me about deforestation in Haiti. And when he started telling me about it, when he told me that he sat on the board for an organization that plants trees in Haiti, I immediately thought in my mind, buy a tea, plant a tree. And that felt very right to me. It kind of gave me the same feeling. It's an elusive feeling of an intuitive sort of kind of hopeful sort of idea. So I'm like, great. Well, give me the director's phone number. And he's like, all right, but this director is actually of the lineage of the Mellon family here in Pittsburgh. So like Carnegie Mellon, BNY Mellon, famous banker. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, that is crazy how that happened. That kind of stuff happens. But go on. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's bonkers. I shoot him a call a couple of days later. And he gave me like a warm invite and me and this guy are talking. He's super, he's kind of using slang. He's a super chill guy uh, with me. You could tell he was a little younger. He, in essence, had grown up uh, half of his childhood in Haiti. His grandma, Gwen Mellon, was the uh, original, well, Larry and Gwen Mellon had started a hospital over in Haiti. So they've been there ever since the, the 60s with greatest hospitals in the most at need area. It's called the Albert Schweitzer Hospital, named after a doctor who did something similar in Africa, which they were inspired by. And then it was his mother who started Haiti Friends, uh, down the lineage of the generations, who decided to tackle the problem of poverty head on. And she said the best way to do that is to plant trees because it plays, it gives back the most based off of what they've wrapped, I guess the most return, so to speak. Yeah, the price was right, about 40 cents a unit. Now, when you get into like unit economics and you're selling the tea for like $2 to the consumer, that's like a ton of money. Uh-huh. But I said, yeah, and we've been running for it ever since. That's amazing. And that never would have happened if you hadn't taken that risk of becoming a vendor at this little event near you. That's crazy. Um, and that's yeah. just the sign of an entrepreneur. Just to reiterate, how old were you when this business was started? 19. Okay, 19. Now I want to talk a little bit about your education because you went into college for entrepreneurship, correct? Was there anything during your K-12 experience? Like, I guess I'm asking, how did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? That's a really good question. My dad is a doctor, so he had always egged me on to be a doctor, like a lawyer, you know, foreign parents always want you to be like something like that, you know. (laughs) But uh, I, I was never really into academics. I just didn't have that much of an interest in it. I had an interest, like, when I came into high school my freshman year, 14, 15 years old, 
and like video games. But it was this uh, this year, my freshman year, that one of my friend, my best friend now at the time, came up to me and said, "Hey, I'm doing this project for this organization called Future Business Leaders of America. Do you want to be my partner? I have everything already completed. All you have to do is present with me." You just have to talk for three minutes, this memorized thing. That's all you have to do. And so we we designed this one like marketing plan and designed for this one like fictional sort of, you know, cupcake shop. And I got so into the project and it was awesome. And that's when I thought by the end of that project that this is what I want to do. We actually went on to the finals nationally for that. And I was really excited. So then the next year I also did that. And then the summer after that, I uh, also got to the finals. In the summer after that, I did this club called Free Enterprise Week. Once again, kind of reinforced my love for business and working on a team and marketing ideas and creation, sub-creation. And then the next year, I also did FBLA. And then the next year, my senior year. So throughout these four years, I knew I wanted to get into business. During the second half of my junior year, I saw this big... um, sort of auditorium presentation or school brought us in and they had this uh, man talk to us about this new course coming up. It's like vocational tech school, but it's for entrepreneurship. So you get out half the day and you go to the local college and they'll teach you about entrepreneurship. And I knew that was up my alley. I applied to it. And the next year I was doing that for the half day and also, you know, reinforced kind of what, uh, what I, I knew I wanted to go into business for sure at that time. And then making a decision for college, it was either going for business uh, slash law, business law, or doing entrepreneurship. And I felt called to go to Grove City for entrepreneurship. I felt like nothing would satisfy me more than creating my own thing. And uh, that's what I'm still perceiving at this time. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And so so most of it came from um, like extracurricular out of school time activities and then do you think that um, if you would have had that exposure and even your K-12 classes like math or science, it would have helped you out? Absolutely. Uh, I would have loved to have learned more about business finances from an earlier age and such. Yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, we're so Andre Ed is working on um, helping educators infuse entrepreneurship into their classes like science and math so that people can start to learn that. So, yeah, I love that you said that most of your experience was in out of school time programs that really stresses how to get every student we need to integrate it in every classroom. I think that um, Kristen Dunn was your teacher for that entrepreneurship program your senior year, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So she's actually going to be one of our episodes a little bit later in the podcast. So I'm excited to interview. She's a a phenomenal woman who's really a champion and advocate for for young entrepreneurs. I want to talk a little bit about, so we've had, we've talked a lot about your successes. So I want you to, um, I want to talk a little bit about your failures, if you're okay with that. So maybe we could talk about um, if you could identify a time that you failed, we always stress how important it is to fail forward and how that influenced you. Yeah, I've I've had a lot. And uh, when I was selling, uh, I, I sold knives for an organization called Cutco. At the end of my senior year, I sold it for a couple months. And then my freshman year, I actually decided to commute to my school just so I could sell more knives and become a branch manager at my own office the next summer. And that played out. But I lost money uh, whenever I branched uh, <laughs> because... I wasn't really passionate about it. 
I wasn't passionate about the base purpose, which is kind of one of the biggest things. You know, I was passionate about, yeah, making money, building my resume, doing the best I can. Those are some of the ways, you know, pretty much every sales organization tries to motivate you. And it's, it's good. It's really awesome short term. You need to keep kind of renewing yourself with that sort of motivation. And yeah, so I lost money. It was really scary paying my receptionist sales reps. You know, I was just naive, immature, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but also, like, my bank would, like, overdraft. I overdrafted probably, like, 15 to 20 times that summer. And it gets worse every time you overdraft. They, like, charge you more. And I would call my mom, like, Mom, I messed up again. I, I knew I said I wasn't going to, but, like, just can you just send me, like, $100? And, at, like, by that point, I had been making money from selling the knives. So I was, like, I felt good. but then. Once it came to managing other people, it was so, it was, it was scary. But then, um, so I quit that job at the end of my uh, branch summer. Um, at the end of the summer, you had an opportunity to make back, well, to sell the last month of summer at 50% commission. So I had barely gotten myself out of my hole with my mom and then I quit. <laughs> so it was Pretty much it was a long learning experience is what it turned into, like made a little bit of money, but spent a lot of it to reinvest and then lost it. I finished and then I'm, I was going in my sophomore year. That's about a month later is when I had the meal with my mom and we decided to start this business. With this business, there's three big ones. The first one is filing my business taxes one month late, filed it on the personal tax uh, deadline instead of the, ta the business tax deadline, which is one month beforehand. Which throughout all my entrepreneurship education, no one had ever told me, right, ever. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm a sophomore in college now. I had already paid you know, like a ton of college money and, you know, all that. But no one had ever told me anything about these taxes. So then this, I had to pay like $750 uh, a fee from it. Uh, so that wasn't the best. This past summer, uh, the name Taomo, the reason we have to change is because we got a cease and desist letter okay. from an on company uh, called Taomo. And it, it sucked. Oh, it sucked opening up my mailbox to find IRS. And then it sucked opening up my mailbox to find cease and desist, like stamped on it. <laughs> uh, and under Taomo LLC. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And that sucked. We just barely changed it early January. And now we're getting the design. Out. And I'm really excited about that because it's going to be 50 times better, more professional. It's going to look a lot better. I think that's interesting, though. I mean, those first two things, right, are very technical things that if there was some kind of education for that, you could have avoided, right? In that, so, but I do love Tree Cup. I think that's really representative of what your your business does. So I think that's a good really pivot. pivoted well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It took us several months to think about it. Yeah, and then the third big one, um, was just just happened this past month. I should have expended more money. See, this is something something nobody talks about. Okay, I should have expended more money. Although our profits weren't like crazy, but nonetheless, it showed we did have a profit, and we're barely in our second tax year. And I should have expended more money investing into the business to pay less taxes. But no one ever told me that either. So you because know? you made more money, your taxes are higher. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm learning too. You're, you're teach. I'm so I'm a student in education <laughs> leadership, and, I, and I'm still learning. I'm going to bring this yeah. up to people. 
Um, yeah, yeah. In the last quarter, you should be dropping money uh, on productive technologies. So right. if I would have bought like a little bottling line, if I would have even bought more inventory, uh, if I was going to use it for the next year or any of that, my taxes, I would have literally had to pay nothing. But since I had several thousands in there just waiting to be used, right, I thought I was being smart, saving, being real, really frugal. I get taxed, you know, a yeah. ton. So it's a new learning curve. You're moving into year three. But hey, can we talk about the fact that you're profitable in year two? Like you should give yeah. yourself a round of applause because that is incredible for, especially with all that pivoting that's happening. That's amazing. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, we usually keep these pretty short. So I want to have give people the opportunity to connect with you personally, but also to connect with Tree Cup. So where can they find more information about what you're doing? Yeah, on every social media, we're at Tree Cup Tea, as well as on our website, treecuptea.com. And then on any of those, if you just direct message, it goes straight to me and I will you know, respond either on Facebook, Instagram. I don't really use Twitter. But, you know, uh, the, the website also has my, my email address. Um, that's the best place to connect with me. I'm also really active on LinkedIn. My name is Mark Sotomayor. Um, if you type in Tree Cup into LinkedIn, I come up. That's perfect. And then real quick, um, not a sales pitch, but an advocacy organization here, right? You buy, buy tea, plant a tree. What flavors can they buy? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm curious because I love chai tea myself. And so can it be shipped? Yes, yes. We're going to be putting out our shipping service. We're setting it up at the end of this month, February, um, so that you can pre-order uh, a case of tea. And it's going to be the tea with our uh, bot with our new bottling. They're going to be biodegradable square bottles. They'll really look beautiful. Yeah, we have berry jasmine, Peruvian chai tea, and we have that in unsweet as well. That one's the original of my grandma's recipe. Now we have a lemon ginseng spearmint green tea, which is also a great one, uh, citrus chamomile. And uh, we're also coming out with a regular black tea, um, which is a little bit more simple than the other ones. And it has some, a little bit of evergreen tree leaf in it to give it a, a really interesting taste. So yeah, really excited about those, but you can get the whole package of those online on Tree Cup Tea. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, I'll be posting a ton about it whenever you can pre-order it. And our goal, if you want to advocate, is um, to sell several thousands of teas before we even get the tea bottles into like our facility. So then that way we can just be cranking as soon as we get uh, the bottles available uh, to us to make. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So I will we'll include the link to everything when we um, drop this podcast episode. And we're so we're so proud of you. I think that it's a, you've been an amazing student entrepreneur for our first interview for EntreEd Talk. And I think that a lot of students in K-12 could learn a lot from you, um, as could educators to kind of see what problems you faced and how they could fix those moving forward for young people. So I have one last question I didn't ask you. What parting advice would you give for a young person that is interested today in starting their own business or may be interested in the future? Find what's next that'll benefit you and just go ahead and do it. Uh, For example, I just heard an audio of an entrepreneur from China and he was working like fishing and stuff, uh, long hours, but very entrepreneurial guy. And he saw that people, the, the people who 
Uh, we're becoming people and the people that already were like big people uh, in China have knew English and spoke it and did uh, trade with, with the United States. So he learned how to do English and then that's what really was the biggest turning point with him. Just find what's next that'll benefit you in the future. Act accordingly based on that. And you really only have your intuition to go off of. And that's not a validated thing, your intuition. But if you follow your intuition um, and other people don't, you'll have an edge on whatever opportunity in the future. There's not going to be a perfect time. And, uh, you know, no one can think for you. It's going to be you that does the thinking and makes the decisions. So make a decision for yourself and do it. Don't let other people affect you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's great. I mean, just kind of just take that risk, right? Just take that jump and follow your gut. And I think that's what all entrepreneurs do every day. So yeah, thank you so much. And this has been really great. And we're looking forward to staying in touch and sharing your work at Tree Cup with the rest of our audience. So thank you. Hey, thank you, Amber. It was great chatting with you. All righty. Thank you all.